Jay is in the building. How you doing, my brother? This isn't Jay, this is Manny. Jay is not popping in the building. Well, Emmanuel De Silva, welcome to our show. I'm sure uh, Jay will pop in shortly. Uh, we have a special guest tonight, uh, Emmanuel De Silva, Chief of Staff for Donovan Rick. No, no dead, no dead. You know, if you don't, uh, if you don't mind, I'm gonna just correct you real quick. It's uh, Manuel Silva. So Manuel. I always thought it was Emmanuel. Manuel. Manuel. M A N U E L. M A N U E L. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. I have been firmly corrected. Now I have it correct. I always thought it was the other way around. Uh, and not only is he a chief of staff for Councilman Richards, he is also a candidate running for our council district. Jay, you just popped in the building. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What's up, y'all? Okay. All right. So we have Manny DeSilver in the house, chief of staff for Donovan Richards and candidate for the 31st council district. So uh, tonight our topic is, is, is called community building and public safety. So uh, I hope tonight to, you know, touch on some very important topics that, you know, that are important to a lot of uh, constituents uh, in the New York City area. And hopefully Mr. DeSilva can help us out. So Jay, you want to start us off? Um, yeah, I mean, why not? First and foremost, uh, thanks a lot, Mr. Silver, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks Welcome to the show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I give you a lot of credit for coming on this show because a lot of people have been ducking us. You already know I got to start controversial. <laughs> You know, so yeah, I heard I heard you on your last um, episode saying how none of the candidates were going to join. So I said, <laughs> you know what? I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know who I am, but I never back down from a All challenge. Right. All right, that's good. I mean, you know, you, you you got a big challenge ahead of you, so you know that's that's good to hear. You know, but um, first and foremost, we're gonna we're gonna start off with uh, you know, we're gonna start off like you know, let's weave our way into this podcast a little bit, you know. I, I want to be able to uh, give Manny some time to introduce himself to people who may be listening. Tell him, tell a little bit about himself, his background, and things. If you don't mind, Manny. Oh, I guess yeah, definitely. So right now, my name is uh, Manny Silva. Manny is uh, a nickname for Manuel or Manuel, and I am the chief of staff for Councilmember Donovan Richards. Been doing this for three years. And I am also a candidate running for city council in District 31. Now, I'm not new to this. I'm not new to community work. I look young, but I've been doing community work for 10 years. Started off um, working on some campaigns as a teenager. Then I moved on. And one of the campaigns I worked on was actually Sanders' campaign in 2009. And that was my first taste of uh, politics. And then I went from that to doing a bunch of campaigns in college. Also, then went on to working for FEMA, doing congressional affairs right after Sandy. Mm -hmm. um, then from there, I moved for, to working for Community Voices Heard as, um, well, I was organizing youth all around the city, including District 31, um, around participatory budgeting. Then I went from there to working on the Rockaway, or I mean, the worker-owned Rockaway Cooperatives Project in the Rockaways with the Working World, and it's a nonprofit. And what we were doing is we were converting 
traditional businesses into worker-owned businesses, businesses where the workers who work in them also own them. And we're also doing um, some business classes and they also provided funding and we would provide uh, technical assistance. Then from there, I started um, as the project manager for the Far Rockaway Arbor Nonprofit Coalition. Mm -hmm. And I also was a member of Community Board 14. And I also started my own 501c3 nonprofit called Super Marvelous Society. And what we did is we focused on reducing poverty by promoting positive social mobility. And we had a mentorship program out in Far Rockaway. We teamed up with the library and we would, um, the goal was to introduce young people to careers that they could make a lot of money in. And so we would bring um, professionals from all types of industries to come in and talk and talk about their journey, how they got there and how these young people could get there one day if they just um, focused on it and went towards that. And then the council member called me up one day. I remember I was uh, at my uh, wife's family's house in Rosedale and he called me up and he asked me if I wanted to be his uh, chief of staff. Okay. And I definitely took that opportunity. I uh, resigned from the community board at that point. I also uh, put my nonprofit to the side and started focusing on city council for the last three years. And it has been a nonstop ride. Interesting journey. Right. And it's amazing that you remember all that stuff, man, because I can't remember everything I did. <laughs> in, my, in my years, man, that's sad. So that's a good skill. Maybe I need to brush up on my memory. Yeah, you definitely you need to you need to work on that. You're too young for that. <laughs> was it snowing? Was it snowing yesterday? <laughs> Oops, who said that? Oh, all right, I, I don't know. Where he go? Hello? Okay, Jeff, it's that on you. My brother. <laughs> that was a joke, man. Anyway, um, so moving on, you know what? A lot that was a lot that you gave to a lot of people there. So, you know, that's that's wonderful to know. Um, I did want to touch up a little bit more on, you know, elaborate more on your journey as a chief of staff, being that, you know, you're running for council, so you're already kind of in the in the limelight already, don't you think? Like, you know, City Hall and stuff, you know, you want to elaborate more on, like, what you do there, what you've been exposed to or whatever, because, you know, I, I know you have, uh -huh. you see it firsthand already, so you might have an upper hand on some of these candidates, right? Well, um, it depends on what that upper hand um, is. So I have an upper hand when it comes to working. I can go in there. I can start on day one. I don't need uh, six months or four years of training before I'm ready to be a city council member. I know exactly what needs to happen. I know exactly how to get it done. And that that is my advantage. There's no other candidate that I, I believe can or would be as prepared to jump in as a city council member uh, than me. But um, as far as the upper hand in the campaign, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, you know. Um, but um, in regards to, yeah, I have, I do, as a chief of staff, and this goes for uh, a lot of chief of staffs, but not every chief of staff, you know, you have an opportunity to get involved in everything. Not everybody does. But that is one thing from day one I was interested in doing. So I am involved in our budget process. I am involved in our participatory budgeting process. I am involved in our outreach process. I am 
I manage, you know, our whole staff and the work that they're doing. And I am also involved in the legislative process. I'm involved with the communications, our uh, op-eds, our um, any, any kind of relationships with media. I am involved with uh, making sure that we have a presence in the district and making sure that people know we are always available and always out in the community. Okay. Can I can I can I ask a question? Uh, because yes. you know what, confidence is something that every man, every woman should have, and you exude that, and that's a good thing to have. So, with that being said, let's say you let's say you went into this battle and you came out victorious. Do you have in mind what team you're going to have to make this a reality? To go and start day one and start making your vision come to fruition? So, so yes, and it's also open. There are, I want our staff, if I'm able to win, if I'm blessed, uh, and so there, you know, I do, there are, there are room, there's room to grow when it comes to the staff. You know, like I'm not saying, oh, these are the people I definitely, this is what the staff needs to look like. All seven of these people right here are going to be on the staff. No, we need to open up the opportunity for the entire community to get a chance to apply. And, um, and when I say the entire community, I mean, Rosedale, Laurelton, um, Springfield Gardens, and the half of the Rockaways that we cover. And I want everybody who does work for the office, though, to be from the district. I want everybody to be open and ready to learn and also ready to execute uh, the vision. Good answer. Yeah, that, that, that's excellent. Um, the, one, the one concern that I think a lot of people are going to raise is that, all right, he comes from the camp of Mr. Richards himself who was our city councilman, who was well on his way to becoming borough president. So what are you going to do differently? And what are you going to do the same? Because I'm sure there's a lot of things you've learned from him as well that may be okay to actually apply it to you. Now, I know you're your own person now, so I'm not trying to sit here and question and say that you are not your own person. So that's why I think you, that's well, why I think you should also elaborate on like, all right, what is, what is it that Manny's going to do differently from what Richards has done? Yeah, so uh, I think that is going to be a challenge. That's a challenge for um, anybody who wants to become an elected official and has worked for an, another elected official. How do you have your own identity? And at the end of the day, some of the things I want to do, you know, the council member has been the council member for six or seven years. There's no possible way we were going to be able as a team to change everything and all the decades of neglect, 50, 40, 50 years of neglect from the city uh, within six or seven years. Mm -hmm. So one thing I do wanna do is continue to focus on making sure that uh, we continue to get resources from the administration, whatever administration comes in after uh, de Blasio. I wanna make sure that we address some of the issues that we have in our community 
that should have been addressed decades ago. That, that, you know, are, we've already done some work in that area, but we need to continue that work. We need to focus on um, making sure that our flooding gets addressed. We need to focus on our quality of life, especially, I think, um, uh, especially with all the budget cuts, we need to make sure that as a city council office, one thing we're focusing on is making sure that we fund certain areas that are going to keep our communities clean, safe, and we pass legislation that's going to make it even harder and tougher for people to do stuff like dumping or in the summer, middle of the night, and I'm talking two, three o'clock, blasting music so loud that it feels like you, it's in the next room in your own home. So, you know, those things, maybe we, we need to raise the penalties on some, and we need to we need to focus on ensuring that our quality of life increases. Because I think that Rockaway and the rest of the district, we deserve to live just as comfortably as anybody anywhere else in the city, including the Upper West Side or the Upper East Side. And then we also need to focus on, on the city as a whole. Where is our city going? What direction do we want it to go in? And those are, those are some of the things I'm going to focus on. Okay. If I am blessed to win. Okay. I, I, I would like to. And, you know, some of it is going to be picking up from where we left off. And then some of it is going to be new ideas because it's going to be a completely different city, I think, in two years. We're going to have a completely different political landscape. And there are going to be conversations that we never thought we were having. Okay. And okay. I, I want to touch on something um, that has to do with a lot of things, like you said, whatever the councilman left off with. And going forward in the next couple of years, we're going to see really a population explosion coming to the Rockaways with the Mott Avenue housing coming, the Arver and East housing coming, the Peninsula, uh, the old Peninsula Hospital development that's coming. And uh, one thing that bothers me is we have so many failing schools on our, uh, in this district. And I, in the last 14 years, I haven't really seen a change and the, and the report cards on a lot of these schools in the area. And what I notice about a lot of the homeowners that I know where I live in Arvin by the sea, a lot of homeowners have left because of the issue of not having uh, schools that are at a higher level. And uh, that is very vital and very important to me. My, my children go to private school, but I, I feel if we had a really overachieving public school on our end, I would have my children right in there. How do you feel about that? Uh, I agree. I agree that our schools are not in the best shape that they could be in. And we need to, as a community, um, address that. I think that our school, and I'm talking about upper level, I'm talking about uh, superintendents, executive superintendents, uh, the, the chancellor even, they have failed our okay. children. But they're not the only ones who have failed our children. We as a community have failed our children. We need to get more involved. And so within this first six months, if I'm blessed to win, in the first six months, we are going to release a plan to engage parents, get parents more involved, 
get the whoever the chancellor is to care about schools and encourage young people to continue going to school um, and continue to to attend our schools because that's another issue is attendance that's why a lot of young people don't do well and you know some of them some of the attendance issues are deeper than you might think you know young people in Africa are do, are dealing with a lot of a lot of serious serious um, problems and so we need to understand that but we also need to provide them with the resources that they need to be able to deal with that we need to we need to address their parents and we need to help their parents you help the child and so for six months we are going to have plan release okay and you're, you're saying in a couple of months like you know we're talking november december I'm talking, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the special election will be in February or March. Right, right. That's what I just wanted. I, I, Six that, months that's from all now. I, wanted. I wanted you to make yeah. sure you address the people that this is a special election. This is not something that's just, oh, you know, the seat is up. You know, it's important that people vote in these special elections. Now, the good thing is, though, mm -hmm. that the special election is going to take place during the presidential elections. So I have a strong feeling that there will be a big No, it's not. Oh, it's not. Oh, okay. Excuse me. The election is going to take place in March. March 2021. Uh, inter Interesting. Uh, so we'll have, yeah, 2021. We'll have a new president by then. Hopefully. I hope so, too. Okay. I pray that we'll have a new president by then. <laughs> okay. So uh, thank, thank you for that correction. That's great information. Um, I'm going to actually, I'm going to shift towards a different topic for a minute. We might go back to education. It depends on what E wants to say, but I really want to touch on something very important that has came across my desk that I think that would be very, very helpful that we speak about in terms of public safety. And we've, we're having an alarming rate of NYPD. Now I understand, let me, before I even get to my point, I understand that everybody knows right now that NYPD is under heavy scrutiny for not doing their job right now in the city. If anyone in here agrees. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't uh, even call it heavy scrutiny. It's not heavy enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're getting paid with taxpayer dollars, you should be doing your job. And there's no such thing as a slowdown when you work for when you work for the people. I can't just go to work and not do any work, you know. Mm, Essentially, if you get paid tax dollars, then you should be doing your job. And part of your job is getting guns off the street. Wait, wait, with all of that being said, well, part of their job. With all that being said, however, there is some things that NYPD actually is doing that is actually being swept under the rug a lot. And I and I believe I brought it to your attention a few days ago. I did slide you this article. I'm not sure if you have obtained it or not. But um, the NYPD has been conducting unwarranted searches on calls, on 911 calls that, that are for immediate care, such as gunshot wounds, et cetera. You know, maybe it might be some COVID patients that need to be rushed to the hospital, you know, cardiac arrest and so forth. Any serious calls in 911 that's being made, EMS and FDNY have also confirmed to several news sources that the NYPD is making it difficult for them to do their job because the NYPD is now holding these patients for too long to try and continue to act, to try and continue their investigation on what happens when these people need to be transported as soon as possible to the nearest hospital for treatment. So, you know, I'm not sure if you was able to take a look at that article yet or not. I know I haven't given you enough time to go over it, but I do know that your boss currently at the time, and I wonder 
exactly like what committees, but we're going to touch on that later, what committees you're interested in in the city council, but public safety committee really needs to start looking into this because this is very, very alarming in the times that we're in right now. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so um, I, I do think it's very alarming. I, I I looked at it briefly. I did not go, you know, do my due diligence yet on it on the um, article and and the issue. But and I and I can't comment fully until I read up as much as possible. I don't want to say, but from what I'm hearing, that is wrong. And what I want to make sure is that this is not a part of the slowdown. Like they're literally slowing down their investigation, what they're doing. Um, you know, I'm hoping that this is not a part of the slowdown because that would okay. be an even bigger issue. But yeah, this is something that, yeah, the city council should look into. And the commissioner, you really need to call on the commissioner to... Well, well you know, I don't, I don't think that... I, I don't more, think that we should keep doing you know, the, the pointing the fingers, not to cut you off. I'm sorry, but I don't think we should really. Well, no, 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 look, Jeffrey, I'm not pointing the fingers. I didn't give the commissioner his job. I didn't come up with the job description. He has a job. His job is to lead the department. And if whether it's intentional or it's, you know, let's say, you know, things are happening. Things happen. Police deal with a lot. So it could be a coincidence that it's just taking them longer or they're searching a little more. The commissioner is the top dog of the NYPD, and we can't forget that. You know, the commissioner can solve something in a day, such as, you know, by changing a policy that would take the city council um, a hearing, bills being passed, stated, bills being voted on, debated, you know, and when the commissioner can just change a policy or talk with his leadership about pushing officers to move a little faster on these and maybe not, not maybe, not doing unwarranted searches unless they, you know, unless they fall into Also, what we're forgetting here is that we have a police union that is very conservative. And, you know, Patrick Lynch is actually one of the lowest paid union reps in the city after doing research, which was very interesting that this man only makes 70000 a year to fight for his officers. He has been under fire recently about some of his comments that he is making towards the city council and towards the city and, and mm -hmm. towards even the top cop in our city as far as you know do you think in your own in your own words in your own opinion do you think maybe these police officers are now starting to just get back at the city council or the city in some type of way do you think this is something that may be done on purpose internally with the union maybe this might not be an administrative problem what do you think? No, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. The union does have a lot of power over the officers. And the union has a lot of power, period. And I think Pat Lynch is the the biggest problem. He is a a, a danger to our well-being and he he is not a very good leader. So I do think he's a problem and I do think um the hate he spews is a problem. I think he spreads misinformation. And I don't think he's a good representative for the for poli any police officer. Okay. Well, with with, with that being a, a said, with a slowdown or whatever is going on with the union rank and file or what they're instructing 
the officers to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, a teacher can't do a slowdown. Uh, if the fire department, they can't slow yeah. down. An EMT, a, a doctor in the emergency room, they can't do a slowdown. You have a job to do at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about the current events that are going on, you still take an oath to protect and serve, and that is your job. So if you're elected, what would you like to see being done if this is a fact, if, if there is a, a slowdown being instituted by the police unions? I would like to see um, an investigation done. Okay. I would also like to see... Uh, the power to fire officers being removed from the commissioner and maybe given to the civilian complaint review board or another outside entity that can look at what's happening, whether it's now or later, and can look at an officer's um, actions and can say unbiasedly, these are fireable actions. We can't you know, no officer should be conducting this uh, themselves in this way. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, also, what, I mean, E. This is more of a question for everyone, but I mean, e, what do you, what do you think, really is the the real answer to this? Because we also do have to understand, and I understand that there's a huge social justice issue in this country. A lot of racial injustices are going on, and everything like that. But I also feel like now, as well, police are being targeted as well now. And maybe a lot of these police officers are just like, you know what, we we probably think it's best for us to just take a back seat and let's let's leave this alone. If everyone hates us right now and we're the problem, maybe we should take a back seat. Some people will argue, you know, not to play devil's advocate, but other people argue that, well, maybe it's best that the police do take a back seat. What do you guys think of that? Well, if that's your job, then if you want to take a back seat, then just resign and go do something where you're not sitting in the back where you're actually doing your goddamn job well remember you know, i agree with edwin remember a lot that's of how people, it should be you know these police are some of them will be doing their job and we all know what happens when police start to do their job right things start to get very 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 dangerous to where the point now we might end up having a man who gets shot seven times in his back now, that's what the other side will argue that, oh, well, when they do their job, the police are... Yeah, that, that wasn't, the, you know, they, you, there's a way to do your job. And all, all, just because we're asking for police officers to be more humane and recognize the humanity of Black people does not mean that we don't want to live in safe neighborhoods. You know, you can still do your job. You can still understand that and be empathetic and do your job. And I, I expect that of officers, period, because I, I was raised being told that officers are better than other, other, other people. They put their life on the line. You know, we, we should expect more from our officers. Right. Well, yeah, it, good answer. And, and with that being said, you know, I, I'm very involved in the community and I have an eight and 12 year old and they look up to law enforcement. You know, we have law enforcement in my family. You know, I am not anti-police. However, 
I am anti-bad police. And it's, it's a systematic problem, not just in New York, but nationwide. I, I, I think it's more problematic in, in the smaller police departments. But um, as, as you can see every day, it, it's just getting uh, far more worse from, you know, local sheriff's departments to police departments. And, and, and if you look at it, uh, with the number of police, there are over 18,000 police departments in the United States, but only 1,800 of them use devices other than a stun gun to restrain uh, someone. It's sort of like of a, a little device that wraps around your body and tightens you up until you, until you fall down. So th there are other major measures that you can take uh, without firing your weapon, especially if there's no deadly physical force being used against you. Um, recently, I've seen so many videos of white males uh, really coming at officers in very uh, aggressive physical uh, manners, even with hatchets and, and knives, and not a shot is being fired. So not saying that they should be shot, but when you're dealing with people with a, a lot of mental health issues, I think maybe there needs to be a retraining in how to address uh, those type of cases when you're coming across uh, different people. Well, I mean, I'm going to say something crazy because I've also had this discussion with some of my friends, and I'm going to say it's crazy because this is an unpopular opinion. Some of these videos that we see when we have white on white police officer, you know, white on white, one police officer that's white and the other, the other perpetrator is white. I also tend to think that for some reason they're placing all the good cops in the white neighborhoods and they're putting all the bad cops in the black neighborhoods because I really look at how those officers conduct themselves and some of it I can say is police brutality as well being done to whites. I'm not trying to say that it doesn't exist against white people because it does. But however, I kind of see those cops kind of doing things the way it should be, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, NYPD is not, it's not supposed to be a walk in the park when you're dealing with criminals. This is what I got to tell a lot of police officers on air right now. It's not supposed to be easy when you're dealing with criminals. So get out of here with this, all this, oh, they got to be compliant all the time. You're not going to always get people that are compliant. But at the same time, some of these police officers, they handle those situations quite well. Now, that's not to write off saying that white privilege doesn't exist and you know, they do treat black people differently in these certain situations. But I'm starting to really think that a lot of these bad cops or these cops that are like, you know, very aggressive, I think they're purposely put in our community because I'm looking at these other cops in these white communities and I'm like, they're doing everything right. Like, why can't we have these cops? I'm going to look. You mind if I just jump in real quick? I want to say one thing on that is that, that, you know, you look at the one on one and we have amazing officers like the one on one I've seen. Them, I actually agree with you. The officers there work with work with the community better than I've seen in like any neighborhood. And so then you go to the 100. The 100 is a whole different story, you know, depending on the officer and depending on um, they have a certain they carry themselves a different way. And he shoot five. I he shoot definitely five. think that. They treat, they treat, I think in, in the 100, they treat, you know, people differently based on where you're from, wow. what you look like. Are you basing this on personal experience? Personal experience from what oh, I've wow. seen. But that doesn't mean all officers. Like I said, I, okay. I would never, I would never want to, um, I would never want to 
paint everybody with a broad stroke or, or, or okay. you know, they're, they're not, not everybody's the same. But I think culture plays a large part in how you treat people. And the culture needs to be, I understand where this person is coming from. I'm going to be empathetic, but I do got to get a job done. And, you know, I'm going to treat this person like they, they're family. Okay. In a, in a well, sense. Well, I, I work personally with the 100 Precinct, and, there, and there's some amazing officers in the 100 Precinct. And let's just jump out of the cop spectrum for a minute for any decent human being to want to be respected. You have to respect yourself and you have to carry yourself in a certain manner and in a respectable manner. So if, if you're, uh, you know, you're walking down the street and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're aggressive, uh, and your tones and, 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 Maybe you're smoking something or controlled substance and you're inviting trouble to yourself. So um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with on how you carry yourself. And uh, maybe, you know, when it goes back to something we said earlier on education, a lot of this goes back to the family on how parents are, are raising their children, how they're bringing them up. You know, if, if you have a household where you're raising your children properly in a respectable manner. This is how you conduct yourself in the street as a young man or a young woman. Okay, if you're in a situation and a police officer asks you for some ID, show them your ID. Now, if, if this young man and young woman is compliant, then I don't think there should be any aggressive tones by any police officer, especially if they're following your directives. But now we're seeing uh, flip sides to everyone has a camera. So everything is being recorded. So a lot of places we're seeing something totally opposite of what we're seeing. And and New York City is is, is not the worst. I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen yeah, other yeah, places. You're, you're, you're right. I actually agree with that. I keep telling people, everybody, NYPD has their problems, but they're not perfect at all. But this is a very, this that so harshly like other parts in, in the country. Exactly. What, what I think we need to do as a city, and this is not just when it comes to the NYPD on so many different levels. Why don't we take a hard look at these systems and try to change them, try to make them better, try to make um, our education system. If we have to change the whole thing, then that's what we got to do. But that's what we should uh, do. We can't just keep throwing money at agencies we can't just keep adding new programs no it is sometimes you got to look at the foundation sometimes you got to look at like you said you said mental health maybe they don't need new training you can only teach someone so much no i think that we need to think about we need empowering other agencies to deal with mental health and having maybe a more comprehensive public safety system that includes more than just the police, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. other types of police. You know, that, that, that's very that, well. You know, when you deal with mental health. That's very well said. Now, touching on the mental health aspect of everything, really, and you really brought up something. As a matter of fact, let me start off with this. You brought up something very important about creating all these new agencies and pushing money here and there. I think, I, I think everybody knows I'm no fan of defunding the police. But what I will say is, though, Let's entertain that for a second and say, all right, we're going to defund police, right? 
for one, NYPD only makes up 6% of NYC's budget. For two, all right, let's take a billion away from them and we're going to put it into, let's say, the Department of Homeless Services. Let's be honest here. Department of Homeless Services has, you can correct me if I'm wrong, man. You've got experience. I believe they got the second highest budget in the city, right? I don't know off the top of my head, but I can definitely look into yeah, it. But I know, um, I know their budget is around $2.7 billion. So if we're going to give them another billion on top of that, and they can't even solve the problems that they have with $2.7 billion, see, a lot of people feel like mm-hmm. more money means we're going to have problems solved, and that's not true. Yeah. Hey, hey. One thing I hate, one thing I'm not a fan of is like de Blasio had great ideas. I think as a mayor, he did wonderful things for our district and for Southeast Queens and Rockaways alike. No matter how you feel about him, things mm-hmm. have changed um, and, and for the better. We'll come back um, to that. But, go but what, right. what I'm what I'm what I'm what I'm what I'm not a fan of is just throwing money places, coming up with an idea and saying, you know what, let's throw money at it and then not executing it well. Like there are some great ideas, great projects that came about that money was just thrown at it. And our budget started ballooning. It was huge. Mm -hmm. And now we are in a crisis. But if you look at the crisis, our budget hasn't been cut to pre de Blasio levels. So why are that, we that, in that such a crisis truth. where we can't even, you know, we can't even function with the way the budget uh, was cut? Yeah. We need to yeah. take time, even when it comes to, I, I don't, even when it comes to move reallocating funding from the police officers. I said we need to really look at creating a whole new, a more comprehensive, more comprehensive public safety system, and we have to look at all our agencies and say. Where are we wasting money? And also, how can we do this better? How can we do mm-hmm. these programs better? How can we do your job? How can you do your job better? Well, I, I think part of- now that's going to be up to the next mayor to figure out. But in the city council, what we can do is you, you, we you, can you, really push them. You got your hands on the right button, Manny. But I think too many agencies in New York City work far too independent. And there's no oversight over all of the agencies on what you're doing with this money. The left hand mm-hmm. doesn't seem to know what the right hand is doing. Now, I know that for a fact because on many times I've called Manny on issues with DOT and HPD or, 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 uh, or the Parks Department, and nobody knows what the other hand is doing. And, and that is a problem. That really is a problem. Yeah, we need to, we need to hold them more accountable. We need a mayor that's going to hold them more accountable. And that's really what we need to come together as a community in Rockaway, because we do have, I don't believe that there's one Rockaway, because the Rockaway I grew up in was not the same Rockaway that people in Bell Harbor grew up in. Correct. Um, but I do believe that as a community, uh, as a whole, we have some, some, there are some issues that affect us all. And resiliency, flooding, you know, those issues, we can come together and we can say to a mayor, Hey, we need you. If you want Rockaway's vote, if you if you want even Southeast Queens vote, what you got to do is commit to this, this, and this. And the only way we're gonna get to do that is if we unite and come as a coalition. Okay. And say, look, this is what we need. Is what we and you're not gonna get our support unless you do this. Well, on, on, get them to commit. Excellent answer. Now on community building, I I noticed on the eastern end there's there's been an uptick and a problem with with a lot of shootings and gang violence. Uh, 
what would you do different than what is in place right now to kind of put an end to that? I, I'm sorry, you cut up, you cut off. I didn't hear that. Okay, I said on. You said on the eastern okay, end. On the eastern end, we have a lot of an uptick in shootings and and gang violence taking place. What would you do different now? That's being done now to kind of curb this behavior, to kind of uh, drop the levels of crime on the eastern end. What would you do different? So. Um, I think what we're seeing right now is very unique. It's unique to 2020. It's unique to the pandemic. It's also unique to the whole situation with the officers not getting guns off the street the way they could. Um, I did write an op-ed on this. I do think that when Commissioner Shea um, disbanded the anti-crime unit with, um, without having a replacement, that was very irresponsible. You're still, you still have a job. You still got to get the guns off the street. And we need to make sure guns are not flooding our neighborhoods. But what I would do to continue to, to continue to decrease the gun violence, because last year we, we had a beautiful year. The year before that, it was a beautiful year. We've had year after year where gun violence has decreased, except for this year. Um, but we need to expand our crisis management system, which is the Rock Safe Streets. Rock Safe Streets is the site on our um, peninsula. They are limited to doing work. They get funded to do work in a 10-block radius. And that's from Beach 49th to Beach 59th. But now, that needs you see them, that really needs to be changed. You, you see them all over Rockaway, but they don't get funding to do – they don't have a team built to be all over Rockaway. They do what they can. They try to do what they can. And really what the method is, it's to um, – let's – destroy the normalization of violence in our communities. Well, let's treat violence like a public health issue and try to cure people of violence. Okay. They they provide jobs, they provide mental health services, and we need to have them in each one in every single part of our uh, peninsula. Okay, let's go back to something you said earlier and one of the organizations you were part of. And you were part of bringing professionals into the community to teach skills. Let me just tell you something. Mm -hmm. If you don't give these young kids hope and create jobs, I think what you should have out here is a trade program where you can teach the plumbing, the carpentry, and electrical. So the ones that don't uh, have the capacity to, to go to college or they're not all that book smart, they can use the gift of their hands that will enable them to uh, make a six-figure salary and remove them from poverty because there are a lot of blue collar workers who have higher salaries than white collar workers. We don't have that program here. We don't have any trades program in the Rockaways. I don't even think we have one in our district. They, they had an HVAC mm -hmm. program that started uh, over in uh, Pilgrim church and it was stopped. They, they had the equipment there to train young men and young women in this trade and they started off in two weeks and they had to stop midstream because they didn't have the funding. That to me is shameful. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I agree with you. I don't think the trades are going to answer all of our problems. No, they, I, I agree, think with, I agree with you. Sure is. That we, need to, we do need to explore and we do need to bring out. I think the Workforce One Center is a waste of space and a waste of money. Whoop. I think we need, um, I agree we need to I put more pressure on them. Maybe 
reconsider that workforce, well, that model I'm right sorry, there, man. and think about how we can um, want to just bring in that though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really like, okay, workforce one would be actually great for the community if they actually provided the right work. That's the one thing mm-hmm. I will say, because I didn't find a job through workforce one early on in my um my college days. It, the system can work if they only provided stable income and opportunities to get certifications. And it doesn't necessarily have to be trade. Mm-hmm. It could be in technology, computer science. It could be in nursing and things like that. Yeah. We need a lot of options. We need all the options. We can I don't get. want to complete. And I don't want them to be completely trashed on this episode because. Well, right now, you know, when I was younger, I also went to Workforce One Center. They they didn't have the resources I needed to help me find a job. Right. And so I was I was uh, jobless for like eight months. Eight months. And I do I do want to say another thing. The reason um. One of the reasons I'm running for office is because it's bigger than me. It's it's much bigger than me, and I want to I want to be that person that I didn't have to show young people, hey, look, you can do this. You can get involved in politics. You can get involved in government, and you can have a career and do something you love and help people. There are options out there. You just got to explore it. I want young people to get more involved in these kind of fields. And that, that I think is only going to happen if we, as older people, come back to our communities and continue to work in our communities, do community work, and inspire young people to want to do these things. Mm. But I do think we need options. And yeah, the trades are one option. Um, Auburn East is a way we can leverage bringing some of that here. We need to work with our unions more. We need to make sure our unions, the unions that are in New York City, the trades unions are open and have programs to, for our young people to be able to get into the unions. Hmm. Well, yeah, that's that's a whole nother big fight. But there's one thing I want to bring up to you. And I always told everyone, if I was to have a run for city council, I had the opportunity to create legislation. Another thing, too, is we can't always write off school. School is a fabulous thing. It's taught me a lot as well going to college for the few years that I did. It really taught me how to grow up as an adult and how to make connections. The one thing Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do is that I wanted to say the city has so much money that they can do it. If you've got a $98 billion budget, this can happen. We need to make all the community colleges 100% free in New York City. And that's, that's just speaking of the CUNY system alone. It can be done. I think we all. I agree. I think all public colleges should be free. You can't. You can't have a college. You can't not have a college degree and compete in today's economy. Like, how are you? How are we telling people you can do this? Do it. Go out there and do it. Oh, figure out how to pay to be, just to live, just to be able to live comfortably. Everybody that works should be able to live comfortably, and everybody, in order to to be at that level, you need a college degree in today's um society. So we need to stop playing games and make all colleges, all public colleges. This also may sound crazy, but I think what can help colleges also become affordable. It's just one step. This ain't going to solve it, of course, but this is one step in the right direction. It may be time to pull the nonprofit statuses away from the churches and give it to the colleges. Let the colleges have a nonprofit status. That way they don't have to commit to any taxes. That way that will drive down the cost of going to school. 
I'm not sure that um, public colleges have to commit to any tax. I got to look into that. You, you're um, right. Because they don't much research. Bob. But private colleges. Jeff, you're going to have every pastor in Rockaway chasing you. You better be quiet. Now, yeah, and I also don't think you have to take any nonprofit statuses from any churches to do that. You can simply provide You know what? I understand. But Jeff, these, these, um, these private colleges, they have every opportunity to start a nonprofit and have nonprofit status. They choose um, money over... <laughs> over not paying taxes. They want Just money. Education, they want education money. is a human right, and I think religion is a choice. That's all I'm going to say. You got you got a point. You got and a point. Churches take in a whole lot more money than people think. I'm talking about big churches. I'm not talking about your mom and pop church that the community loves. I'm talking about these big churches that rack in all this revenue, and they don't help a damn person in their community. Why are the churches footing the bill along? I'm not going to say, you know, a lot of churches do. A lot of churches, especially in our district. And they are like sometimes the number, the first people to step up. When well, Sandy I, hit, the churches was out there. I can, when, I, I can um, say the church. When the pandemic hit, me, churches are, are there. You know, the St. John's Church across from me has a tutorial program that's been successful for the last four to five years. We started a chess team. Now, mind you, the tutorial the tutorial program is free on Saturdays. But, you know, COVID kind of threw us a curveball. So, you know, everything has shut down. Now, there, there are churches, you know, that are helping the community. But we see, you know, the Creflo dollars and, you know, these other mega churches. Uh, if you don't tiff for my jet plane, then you're not. Uh, a godly person those people need to go to the wayside that's not a godly way to run a church hmm. so yeah, i understand what you're saying i understand where you're coming from okay okay all right i'm not trying to make no enemies here i'm not trying to say that this supports manny's agenda at all people that's just my personal opinion <laughs> yeah that definitely not a part of my agenda <laughs> well you know let me ask you a question but, man let me ask you a question yeah i think mm -hmm. we have uh, uh, enough housing in Rockaway. I don't think we need any more housing because we can't even build schools. Are are you an opponent of building so, um, more housing in Rockaway if, if you win this seat? So it is. I never. I'll I'll, I'll start by saying this. I I never want Rockaway Rockaway to look like Long Island City. But I do understand that Rockaway is not its own country. It's not its own city. We are a part of New York City. We do need more affordable housing in New York City. Rockaway has capacity. I don't want Rockaway, and I commit. I will never, ever have Rockaway looking like downtown Brooklyn. But don't but you think we have in order for us to get some of the... We're almost there, honestly. Huh? We're almost there. Right? In order to get... In order for us to get to where we need to get as a community, we do need to build. We do need to invite in some people. No, 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 no. We no. do need to. We don't need more housing. We need more recreation. All right, look, hold on. Hold on, Edward. You asked for my, my point of view. That's your point of view. But in order to bring in that income, in order for us to bring in the more entertainment, in order for us to, we have to build 
No, no, housing no, no, along no. with commercial. No, you need a commercial. Everything. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, man. You, you cannot just. Why? Why do people keep saying this? That you need to develop housing just to bring attraction. It's not true. Um. So, Jeff, where, where, where's the attractions? All right. Well, no one's built. You, and you know, hold up. Tell me Manny, Manny, hold up, Manny. Where's the attractions? So why build a hotel and you don't have any goddamn attractions? Oh well, that's a whole nother topic. But go ahead. I'm I'm just throwing I'm monkey wrench in there. You said why why build a why build a hotel? Yeah, what for? What if there's no attraction here? What what is a hotel doing here? So um, a hotel can you can build whatever you want on your property if it's zoned for that. And these hotels were zoned. Or that space, Manny, man, Manny, man, space. You went to college, one of the top business colleges in the country. That's what I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) That's I'm trying to tell you. Listen, that space was as of right. They could build whatever they wanted there as long as it went along with zoning. I don't. If if you were to ask me, if I I was the Manny, hold on, hold on, let me finish. Money is to be made and building a hotel in Rockaway, really. What money is there to be made, really? Unless you're going to bring attraction with it. There's no what if, Did I finish? Did, did I finish? Build, those, if I was a business consultant, if I was the business consultant for any of these, if I was the business any of these hotels, I would have told them, no, don't build there. But they have, these guys have their own ulterior motives. They I promise one thing is. and then they do another thing. Yeah, they're in the shelter business, not the hotel business. That is the responsibility of your city councilman and your responsibility of all your state representatives. Remember, no matter who it is, and not stop as of right. If they don't need a zoning change, you can't stop their project. Okay, man. You don't have any Manny, right to stop you, them from building on land Manny, that they own. Manny, you're speaking of private property. Hold on. Hold on, man. Manny, I'm about to drop a tactical nuke. The chief of staff before you sat in front of me with other people on our Civic and said, we took the shelters because we got the funding from the mayor for our pet projects. And I have witnesses. Oh, that, that was the deputy chief of staff that said that. Let me, I'm just going to clarify. That was the deputy chief of staff that said that. That to me is a deputy chief of staff. Okay, look, that is that I I can't speak on. You know, I can't. I don't know. It's not true. It, that's what I'm gonna say. It's not true. That makes no sense at all. Uh, De Blasio does not, and the administration, HRA, um, the Department of uh, Social Services, they don't check with the council members before they put um people in these hotels. Man, that's what they all no, say. Instead, and, why do y'all keep saying that? I, because it's true, Jeff. Yo, I I'm here. You ask me anything, I'll be honest. I'm not here to lie to you. I have no purpose in lying. It doesn't. No, you know, I'm not here to lie to you. I'm from. I live in the community too, and um, I support. Look, there have been times. Um, homeless shelters. We need to be there for our neighbors. But I do not support the temporary hotels, uh, that are being, that are are being used as homeless shelters. I think you need to. People deserve more dignity than that. I think we need to build quality housing for people. And I think we need to create more opportunities for them 
to be able to live comfortable lives. But I, I would never support um, shelt, shelt, uh, hotels being turned into shelters. And but that's what's going to happen. Anyway. What, the, what the administration does is they just put, they, they start putting people in there and then they tell us a week later, hey, we have people, FYI, we have people here. Um, we turn it into a temporary shelter. They call it temporary. Well, well, here's the thing. It's well, not technically. So, so when you look on they our never end, get rid of them. you look on our end of the peninsula, why do we have the lion's share of the homeless shelters on the eastern end? You don't have to answer that question. We have more. We have more. We have more shelters than um, than. They they need to be spread out, and every neighborhood should have uh, shelters. We need we all need are in this together, and we need to help our neighbors and make sure that they have a place to live. Listen here, man. I'm gonna cut it to y'all straight. So, yeah, I, I agree, Edwin. We do. Look, look. Listen here, man. I I really gotta keep touching on you with these hotel situations because this is really serious, and this is happening not only in Rockaway. I want to be. A, I just want to also make that aware to everybody that this is happening everywhere. I was in South Beach, Miami, and I saw this happening in the hotel I was staying. <laughs> Look, furthermore, I am looking at LaQuinta's website right now here in Rockaway, and I'm trying to book a room. And they are telling me they have no rooms for the whole entire month of September. Someone <laughs> please tell me again. Let me find out the Wonder Wheel and the Cyclone has moved to Rockaway. Yeah. So I uh, book a room right now in this hotel. What is this hotel's function then if I cannot book a room as an outside individual? It's yeah, because the tourists are knocking the doors down to come out to Rockaway to watch. Listen, the they are building. They are building these hotels, Manny. I, I I understand you have your own platform and your own agenda, but you have to understand that this is what we are facing right now. These hotels are not hotels. They are disguised as. Yeah, I know guys. that. I know hey, that. Hey, I know we need to build come more. To us. Why do you think we need to build more? What I just said. Okay. I okay. don't support. Okay, check this I out. I don't support. The, the administration using that and paying them tons and tons of money when you can build that. Okay, that let me ask you, you a question. Put that money into help. Let me ask you a question. The the proposed boutique hotel coming to Auburn East, who's the owner? Who is the proposed builder of the hotel? They don't have owners. Right now it's just a concept. A concept? Wait, and let me just say one thing. How do, you run a, how do you run a business without an owner? Auburn East... So it's a concept, and what they'll do is they'll probably put out an RFP that says, hey, if you want to operate a hotel here or build a hotel here, send us over your ideas. And that RFP is going to go to the same person who Press built for La Quinta and, and the other hotel in Far Rockaway. It's yeah, going to be myth. the same developer in a boutique hotel in Arvini. It's going to be the same exact people. And, and, well, no, wait. I mean, this plan isn't done. This plan isn't done. Oh, is this plan it's doesn't already, have to. It's, I it's think a done deal. Point, no, it's not. It's not a okay. done deal. Um, right, well, and you know plan, that's not that's how you work. If, if city planning says yes, we're gonna do it. It's gonna happen. You know this. You work in city. No, no, no. They have to get a rezoning. It's not done. They have to go through Euler, which will include the community board. It'll include yeah, um, right, feedback yeah. from the yeah. Kingsborough yeah. president. When It'll include the city council. When do they have a huh? listen to community board? When do they have a listen to them? They're advising. Uh, again, I concur. Again, my point, my point is that it's not done. City yet. planning's okay. 
I'm not nine times out of ten, whoever's on the zoning committee has got to got to approve the project. Let's just cut it straight there. The zoning committee is one committee, but in city council, what they do is is the, what they do is it's called member preference. And if the the area is not in support of the project, usually other council members will not. Uh, well, you know, so we the city council members have a lot of, and that, you know, industrial cities project. Let me just say one true. thing. You, you, we're going to have to move on from this because we're not going to get anywhere with this, honestly. All right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This could be a whole episode oh, yeah, in and yeah, of itself. Yeah. Industrial cities. All right. The final point here that I'm going to make is that industrial city project has been pushed through already, despite their councilman and their representative in Sunset Park said that he is against the project. I'm going to end it like that. So that project that that's not that's in, in misinformation. The pro the pro that project did not go through. It did not get voted on yet. It did get and voted on. But only it some council members. Huh? It's already been approved. That project is not going forward. Yes, yeah, city planning can approve whatever, but if you have to get a ULERP, you need the city council to vote, or and, you can't. And do I'm it. pretty sure. So that project has not moved forward. To push that project through, because our councilman and our new borough president is already stepping in and behind the project. So is our public advocate. Yeah, well, that that project still has not gone through, and I know that community is going to fight, and that council member, council member Menchaca, is going to do is going to represent his community. But I do, you know, there's. I also know that there are citywide conversations. Like I said, Rockaway is not a silo. There, we are part of a bigger city. Mm, interesting. Very good. Okay, Manny. I have another question. Like you said, we we can't. That would be for another whole conversation. And uh, this has been a, a good interview, and we definitely have to have Manny back again. But I would like to ask you a question. Since, you, know, you, you, you have a level of confidence which comes with ego. And when it comes to winning elections, ego is a good thing. The only thing that equates ego is love, because love is the absence of ego. So I want you to answer this question. What makes you the better candidate out of all the other candidates that are running for this council seat, that are currently uh, registered to run for this seat, why should we vote for you? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, you you cut off, you cut off. But um, I just heard that last part. Uh, why should you vote for me? Okay. And I'm gonna assume. Okay. Yeah. Why should you vote for me over everybody else? Correct. So the way I'm running this campaign is a positive. We we want to be as positive as possible. I'm not gonna go negative on anybody else. But I can tell you what I've been through, where I come from. I was born and raised in this district. I was, I come from very little means. I grew up in Ocean Village. I know what it's like to, <laughs> to go to school with metal detectors. I know what it's like to get in lots of fights, get jumped. I know what it's like to be poor. I know what it's like to go, go to sleep hungry. And then I've also been working in the community. So I know what it's like to help. And then I also know what it's like to work in the city council. So I'm going to bring this knowledge. I'm going to bring my experience and I'm going to bring an openness that I haven't seen any other candidate have or any other, any other, I haven't seen anybody else in this government or community work have an openness to really hear people's problems, to debate, to have my own opinion, but also listen to your opinion. And 
if you want a representative that's going to bring you bold leadership, that's going to fully empower people and run a grassroots campaign and not take any real estate developer money, then vote for me. Mm. Mm. That was key to ladder. Very important. Jeff, you want to add something? I mean, my final question here is, well, first and foremost, I want to thank you for coming on. I know we may not have been that kind to you in that previous conversation, but at the end of the day, <laughs> we need someone who's going to fight for us. We need someone. I don't want to speak for the whole community because everyone's got their own agenda. But what I'm going to say is we're going to need someone strong. We're going to need someone that's going to be able to not just take yes for an answer on every project that's thrown in front of them. We really, really need to work on public safety in this city across the board, not just Rockaway or anywhere in the district. What I want, what I want from you is here to commit that you are going to be for the people, for the community, and you're going to put special interest second, and you're going to put the people first. Can you commit? I commit that right we're now? not, we're not putting us first. Mm -hmm. So I commit. We're going. I'm going to put people first, and I also commit that we're not just going to put people first but we're gonna empower people so that people can also put themselves first, so that people can have the power to get rid of me if I'm blessed to, uh, to win. People have the education to get involved in the political process and people have the education to get involved in government. We're going to listen to people and create advisory boards where people will have real say on um, how we're moving forward. So yeah, I commit to that. Let me just add to what you just said, and, and those are really very, very good words. Um, and 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 as as a member of our our civic, the Heart of Rockaway Civic, I I can tell you from encountering people in in our catchment area, a lot of people have given up on hope, on the electoral process, on the elected officials especially people on the Bay side of Arvern. Um, and they want to believe that things are going to change, but they want to see somebody that is actually going to deliver on the message that they presented prior to getting elected. And our membership is mm -hmm. growing. We're pushing a thousand members on our group and we are trying our best to educate everyone on uh, being civic minded and who their elected officials are and what they need to do within city government to get things done within their community. We're finding out far too many people don't even know what to do or how to uh, make a complaint via 311. It may sound simple to everyone of who's tech savvy and, you know, but they're older generations that really, they don't know these things, but they're still a part of our community. And I think a lot of that, has been lost that you know grinding and going door to door and really speaking to speaking to the people you know i heard someone tell me who's very involved in and in, in, in the democratic process and i'm not going to say who the person is but he said on the local level they don't care about the majority of the people they only care about the people who vote that to me was very vicious. But he was just being real with me. I didn't like what I heard, but he said on the federal level, it's a little different. But the local level is where it's important. 
And I just mm -hmm. want to see a change. I've been here 14 years and I've seen very little change. I'm just speaking from my perspective. I, I was not born and raised, you know, in Rockaway. I, I am from Brooklyn, but I have been fighting since I've been here. And I would like to see a change. No more fancy words and talk. I would like to see action. Mm -hmm. and what I'm, so I'm going to just say in response to that, this is not just to you, Manny. One, one second before you respond. This is not just for you, Manny. This is a message to everyone running mm -hmm. against Manny and running with Manny. This is this applies to you, too. And it's time that we hear from you as well. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. So so I, I, the way we're running this campaign, I know you said you said a few times that I sound uh, uh, very confident, and that's hey, a good thing, I, man. I, I wouldn't I, look. I'm not. It's not. It's not even. I don't have an ego, but I, you know, I, I, I don't have a serious, crazy ego. I think anybody that runs for office, you have to have an ego. I encourage everybody. If you want to run, run. But at the end of the day, what I'm doing, what I'm focusing on, is what I believe in, and that's why I sound confident because I am. This is what I believe in, and what I believe in is empowering the people. And what we're gonna do with this campaign, whether we win or lose, we are gonna empower the people. We are gonna, all of our volunteers are gonna understand how the political process works. We're gonna teach them about ULER. We're gonna teach them about how to organize and we are gonna empower people. By the end of this campaign, whether I am the council member or not, we will have a community that's a little bit more involved in the political process. Hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't nice come from the political Nice to hear that. Nice to hear that for once. I just hope you mean it. Like I said, I don't come from the political world. I've been doing community work. I've been in the streets. You go to any, I'm in the streets because I care. I'm in, I'm at every event. I'm at every, everything because they matter. And I want them to know they matter. And I want them to know that the city council has a representative here because you matter and you need to continue doing what you're doing. We need to continue empowering people in in community engagement and what they're doing in the community. So, well, well, well said. Everyone, everyone knows that I don't kiss anybody's behind and I don't vouch for anyone. But what I will say is, though, I can attest that what you just said is true. You do be everywhere, and I commend you for that. There you go. There's very few and, and, events I've been to where I don't see you. Well, those are very passionate words. And if any other candidates that's running for this council district would like to come on, you can email us at wakeupamerica.com and we'll definitely have you on our show. So, uh, Manny, I definitely would like to have you back. And um, I'm sure before this election, we would like to have a, a, a hearty a debate with, with other candidates that are running uh, for this district. So I welcome everyone to reach out to us and we'll definitely have you on, that, on our show. And on that note, we're out of here. Look, and I thank you for having me, and I appreciate what y'all doing. Y'all talking about issues. I don't agree with you a lot. You know, we disagree on a lot of things. It's right? okay. But, um, that's so we can have a you know a conversation, and that's where we need to continue to move towards. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we we still gonna work with you here, man. It's okay. Exactly. Peace. All right, y'all. Have a good night. All thank right. You. Thank you.